Welcome to a bonus edition of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with Mike Levin of LibertyBallers.com. Mike, we're doing this because the like it was the perfect storm, I think, the other day of the Sixers win podcast of of shitty quality in that like I was rushing, I was tired, you couldn't get a cell phone signal. So it was pretty much 30 minutes of me jabbering and you making noise in the background. So <laughs> that's, that's mostly what it is anyway, though. Yeah. So, <laughs> to make it better, we made sure Mike has Skype now. We're doing it through Skype, hopefully making it a little bit better. I'm even considering, I know this sounds crazy, I'm even considering a kickstarting, a Kickstarter campaign to raise the $50 to buy you a USB mic to... Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, somebody even suggested it on Twitter. <laughs> um, Everyone pay six cents. Yeah, if every process. well, if if there's a couple, th- like you know, if there's, I don't know how many are dedicated and willing to pay. Honestly, if we could get a thousand people to donate six cents, what would that be? <laughs> six dollars? Six? I don't know. I can't do the math. Anyway, <laughs> before before, so we're doing all listener questions. I think we'll do a little bit off the top, just of last night, some thoughts I had last night, but. All listener questions. The one thing I, we have, this isn't really a sponsor. It's sort of a, a like a charity, good feeling in your heart type thing that I wanted to mention. The uh, Val's, um, you, you might have seen this on Twitter. I mentioned it a couple times on Twitter. Val has a 10-year-old cousin named Nicole. And uh, Nicole was born with Down syndrome, had to have open heart surgery when she was an infant. Then last year, had to have surgery on both of her knees uh, to make sure that she could walk correctly as she gets older. There was like a six-month recovery period where she couldn't, like she had casts on both her legs. And then within the last uh, six weeks, was diagnosed with leukemia. And she is in uh, DuPont Hospital down in Delaware. And it seems like... She will be able to beat it, but it involves two years of chemotherapy. Um, and as you would imagine, that causes quite a strain on the finances for the home. Like even though, even if your insurance sort of covers it, the medical bills are crazy and then future missed work because she has a single dad and all that kind of stuff. So uh, there's a GoFundMe to sort of help Nicole help her family out through the next couple of years. I am going to put it on this post for, so if you just listen through iTunes or just download it or whatever, if you just go to spikeeskin.com, there's a GoFundMe that'll be in the post for this particular podcast. And really just like if you have two bucks, you know, or five bucks, or honestly, if you don't have any bucks and you just sit at home and think about it for two minutes and wish them the best, that's enough. So I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that off the top. So now that I've bummed everyone out for the rest of the podcast, she is doing quite well, and she's in mostly good spirits, except for um, she occasionally tells everybody in the room to just leave the room, which is sort of funny for a 10-year-old to do, but uh, otherwise, she's, she seems to be doing well, and, uh, and thank you in advance for everyone's help. All right. You ready for basketball now? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, make sure you stay close to that phone there. Or close to the phone. Close to the Close to the mic. Speaker. Whatever. There we go. Yeah, close to the mic. So just before we get to questions, I just wanted to mention that after last night's game, I would like I have three three hot takes, not even full takes, just sort of things that I thought as I left the game that I wanted your response to. Number yeah. one, and I th- I think we feel I think I've noticed we feel differently 
a little bit differently. I feel like I'm a little more positive on Nerlens than you are in general. But after the second half of it, like I'm all in on Nerlens, and I know they might trade him at some point, like over the next two years, based on who else they draft and how Embiid is. But I'm all in on on Nerlens. Nerlens seems to really want to play well. I like the aggressive, and I like even in 20 games how much it seems like he's progressed. Like he has become. He doesn't look lost really too much anymore, and um, you know he had a really, really, really nice second half last night. So that, and I know it's just a half of basketball, but it seems the last seven games or so he's looked really good. And I'm just I'm sort of in on Nerlens. Yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not not in on Nerlens. Yeah, uh, he just got to get stronger, get bigger. I mean it's gonna it's gonna be a, a slowish progression. I don't think it's gonna be something where it's like, you know. You look at what's a good example of this? I, like Gerald Green, for example. Like he sort of all of a sudden one day, like oh, it clicks. Yep. I don't think that's going to be the case with Nerlens. I think it's going to be every day he gets like a little bit better, a little bit stronger, and a little bit the moves moves will make come more fluidly to him. Um, so I think it's gonna it's gonna be a pro- process, but you know, absolutely he's gotten better this year, and uh, I'm not. I don't want them to trade him. That's that kind of something. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm. Uh, I don't think I'm all in on him. But uh, I think uh, you know, once once he has to do less, if when Embiid comes back, I think that would be a really nice look at what the potential future of this team right. could be. Yeah, I agree. I and he's just, and when you think about how. Oh, I have another funny observation coming up when we talk about Big Shot Bob. But the when you think about how long it takes to for big men in general to get better, that you know, like it's mostly you know in their fifth year that when you know that they're they're really hitting stride, you know, and even longer for some guys. I, you know, Maurice Spates is not to compare the two, but is finally at like twenty seven years old you know, hitting sort of a stride, you know? And it took, like, maturity and your body filling out. And even, like, Marcus Gasol is the best he's ever been now, and he's been in the league so long. So it, we, we watch so much of the Sixers that you forget, you know, how you forget to take a step back and just look at everything on a, a much longer timeline. You know, that's sort of people how, how people react to K.J. McDaniels in minutes and stuff. You know, like, they don't realize that this is a bigger sort of, a longer, a longer timeline than we look at it, I think, sometimes. The other thing, or two things, second thing, is I am, I'm so in, and we talked about this last time, I'm so in on Robert Covington. I'm all yeah. in, 100%. I hope we have him for all four years of that shitty contract. All four <laughs> years. I just like, dude, that guy gets buckets. That guy, he <laughs> does, he gets buckets. He's the first guy on the Sixers this year to really, like, he is... I'm just I'm all in on on Bob. I'm just I'm all in, all in. So that's all. That's all I got on Covington. Anything? It, it bums me out that Hollis can't hasn't been doing what he can. What Covington's doing? Yeah, uh, Brandon Gouton actually asked if we had talked about Hollis yet. I is when do we start wondering if Hollis just maybe doesn't have it? You know. Well, I think it is funny that like you know he's not drafted free agent. Yeah. And then, like, he hits a couple shots, and he, he led the rookie class last year in three-point percentage uh, at, like, 40 or so. And uh, and then he does well and basically leads the team in summer league. 
And then it's like, okay, we have expectations for Hollis now. Right. Like, it, it, I think that was unfair. Uh, well, I love you, him. You're part of I that. I think he can be. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, listen. Yeah. So, I'm, I, am, I am the lead singer of Hollis Wood. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I think, uh, I think he also will take some time. And those are just going to be days when he hits shots and days when he doesn't. Uh, I think he knows what to do on a basketball court, which is more than can be said for a lot of guys on this team. Yep. Uh, so I think he's got a career in the NBA, but uh, but he's not playing well for sure. But now, back- and also Brandon Davies isn't playing really well anymore either. So, and because but, it seems like because of Covington, I mean that seems like at the expense of Covington. Like they have sort of Covington in that weird. He's playing the like playing stretch four almost yeah. when they're doing it. So, but you're you're in on on Bob, yes or no? Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Listen, I'm in on everybody. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's my that's my role, and I play it well. I'm in on everybody. Malcolm Lee, sure, why not? Yeah. Well, and he's only going to be here for what? I mean, until Schwed gets better, right? I mean, until there's another ball handler somewhere. Well, I mean, he's, he's tall and he's rangy. Uh, and uh, you know if he can if he can play if he can play well they'll give him a shot. I I mean, Jakar Sampson will be back in Delaware in five minutes or so. So yeah, yeah. And then he'll be back in Philly, and then he'll be back in Delaware, and then he'll be back in yeah. Philly, and then he'll be back. He's in, doing the dance. I'm yeah, I'm all in on Bob Covington. And then the and I'm calling him Bob. I don't care. I don't know if anyone else calls I, him Bob. I, I noticed that. Yeah, I'm calling him Bob. And then the other thing is that like. I'm heading down a really awful MCW path. Just really. I, I, I hear that too. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know what to say about, I, he takes so many that dribble. He, uh, I feel like I'm watching Evan Turner sometimes. I, and, and not, not in like, I don't think about him in the same way, but that, like the dribble in the circles at the top of the key and then a 19-foot jumper. It's not, and it's not just at three seconds left in the shot clock. I feel like he's, I, I, and I don't feel like he, he needs to do it. And I think he ignores open guys a lot too. And there's a weird thing with him, and I'm not, maybe I'm just sort of projecting here, but he doesn't pass to K.J. McDaniels an awful lot um, when K.J. McDaniels is just sitting there. So I'm just... I don't know what I'm supposed to be liking about MCW, aside from him just racking up counting stats. But you know, that's that's it. I'm I'm just. I hope I hope he fools someone into trading for him. That's all. That's where I'm sort of uh, sort of at. That's, that's where you're at right now. Right yeah. now you're there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I just I I don't know what I'm supposed to be waiting for him to develop. He's like his his handle is always going to be a sort of long. You know, uh, his handle's not that good, which is why he has trouble sort of, um, you know, dribbling in traffic. He's he's shooting exactly the same way that he shot last year. There's nothing different. It's exactly the same thing. So I, I just think there's a million guys that cannot shoot and pass the ball. If that's what we're looking for him, looking for out of him, I don't know. I just I his numbers are are you know are are fine. I guess, except for that that he's shooting 35 percent or whatever he's shooting. I'm just. I don't know what I'm supposed to be waiting for. Maybe sell me on what I'm supposed to be waiting for with him, or what's supposed to get better. Well, I think I think his role. I think he'll be asked to do less when there's people around him, and then then he'll be able to slide into okay. I can take the ball to the basket. I have a nice first step. I can drive and dish. Uh, defensively, he should be able to 
blanket point guards more than he is now, and that'll help when there's more of an established system behind him. Um, he can get he's, he gets a lot of steals, or theoretically can get in a lot of passing lanes. Um, and again, you know, there is hope for his jump shot, which has not, you know, existed yet. But he, had, I mean, he had shoulder shoulder surgery in the off season. Right. Uh, that should play a little bit of a factor, but it doesn't look good. I mean, he looked good. I think he's looked better the past few games. Uh, then he has the first few games, so I think that's somewhat improving. Uh, yeah, I think I, I don't know. I, I, am I, I? I was never like before the draft. I was like, here, here are Michael Carter Williams' faults because I watched him a lot at Syracuse and I didn't like him right. at Syracuse. Um, and then I was pleasantly surprised by him last year, and I think he's, I think he's for sure a player. Um, he's 23, which is, you know, what it is. And I don't think the Sixers are 100% in on him. But I don't think they're 100% in on anybody. I think they're like, we're going to, we'll trade whoever. Like, that's, that's what, that's, that's the case. So until they lock somebody up long term, then that's what you have, that's how you have to think about it. Right. Um, but I think he's still got a lot of potential. I think he still can be a very good point guard in this league. Uh, and a lot of that is him forcing it. Um, and a lot of that is once there's better teammates around him. And him accepting that role of, okay, I have teammates around me and I don't have to hero ball this in, it'll help. Right. I guess my thing is that, and not to, and then we'll get to questions, I promise, is that if, if that's what we're waiting for, I just feel like he is, he is, there's so many point guards. He's just so replaceable. That's all. I don't, I don't not well, like him. Different. He's at least different. What's that? He's at least different. You know, because he's, he's tall. I mean, a, long. He's not or, like Jeff Teague. I mean, yeah. Jeff Teague is good. He's very good, but there's a lot of players that look and play like Jeff Teague. Whereas MCW has a different feel to the game. It's it's, yeah. it's more unique, hard, harder to cover, I think, because of that height advantage. And like someday, to, him to take advantage of that height advantage, go to, go into the post a little bit. Okay. All right. Let's get to the questions. You ready? Man. All right, so the first one, first, there are four questions, and I'd, I'm only giving J.J. four questions because he was the one that pointed out to us last year that Tony Roten was hitting a higher percentage on half-court shots than three-point shots, and he will forever be a, a favorite. Uh, and he's, a, he's, he's not a Sixers fan, and he listens, I think, every week. So, <laughs> so to me, that's amazing. So he'll always be one of my favorite listeners. It's a bunch of Tony Roten um, a bunch of Tony Roten questions. Hopefully, I, I sort of got the sense after watching that injury that it was going to be considerably longer than the week they had, you know, the, he'll be reevaluated in a week. I don't know. He, he's tore his ACL before. They said it's a knee sprain, but they didn't say what he sprained. You know, they didn't say which ligament he sprained, but whatever. Okay, four questions. Uh, first one from JJ. I've seen him attempt one layup with his right hand this season. True or false? We'll see Haley's comet before the next Tony Roten right-handed layup. <laughs> Man, he really doesn't have a right at all. No, it's, it's amazing. Great. Yep. Uh, hold on. Let me find out when the next Haley's comet is. I'm certain. Like when you're when you're when you're a kid, it's like okay. You mostly it's mostly right-handed <laughs> kids trying to learn. Like, hey, this is how you take a layup with your left hand. Yep. You, I feel like you don't see it as often with a lefty, right? That is so left-handed. He is—he is the most left-handed lefty I think I've ever seen. Yeah. The next Haley's comment is 
uh, July 28th, 2061. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say Roten right-handed layup, but it's it's 51-49 for me. All right. Roten has attempted four, at the, at the time of this writing, Roten has attempted four mid-range jumpers in 489 minutes. He, he shot 21 all of last year. Over under 20.5 Tony Roten mid-range jumpers this entire season. He shot four so under. far. Under. 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 Yeah. I might even go under 12. <laughs> it, like, it's, 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 he's, he's found his, his sweet spot, and is, it is not shooting. All right, um, number three. Uh, he is one of 20 on three-pointers in his last six games. When, when does Brett Brown pull the Tony Roten three-point shooting plug, or is there no containing Roten's three-point uh, proclivity? Wow, that's a word I didn't know. I guess his proclivity. I don't know what proclivity means, his, his uh, penance for doing so. I don't know. So do you think Brett Brown ever says Tony Roten can't shoot threes? Well, my question is, when isn't there? There's supposed to be a one third through the season. We reevaluate who can shoot and who can't. Right, but I don't think. When does that happen? Well, one third through the season. So what? Twenty sixth game of the year, very soon. But I, my thing is that if you take away Tony Roten's three point shot, I think his willingness to shoot it is what's is something that sort of helps him in the fact that he, he's able to get to the rim and not use his right hand. So I don't think he right. ever it's, pulls it it's, from it's him. At least like there's a whisper of a chance that he's not just going to blow right past you. Right. And especially if he's not going to shoot mid-range jumpers. I mean, he can't... You know what I mean? Then otherwise he's just sort of... And actually, Rondo does shoot mid-range jumpers. So I don't think he ever pulls the plug. That would be my guess. And then... I, I think eventually it's going to be deadly. I it, think, his, I think his, his shot becomes... Um, maybe not Ray Allen esque, but let's say like Allen Houston. Give, <laughs> give him that. He just becomes a Tony wrote in three point shooting contest twenty eighteen. I think so. Just Allen Houston. What? That's it. Yeah. That's <laughs> no Ray Allen or anything. Just one of the other best shooters I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And finally, from JJ, over under 50,000 all-star votes for Roten, and the injury might hurt, who is one of only six players averaging at least 17 points, six assists, three rebounds, and one and a half steals a game. I'm going over because this is the first year you can vote for any player you want as much as you want. Uh, So I'm going over 50,000 votes. You? Is that that because you're going to vote 50,000 times? Well, I'm going to vote at least 40,000 times, and then I'll tweet about other people voting for him another 10,000. So, yeah, I think think I'm able to generate 10,000 votes. Okay, that sounds good to me. Okay, now we'll go to Twitter. First one from uh, The Good Fight on Twitter. What do you, oh, I don't know if you saw this. What do you think, what do you make of Brett Brown referencing the fact that he thought he was going to have at some point Andrew Riggins and Nick Stauskas out of this draft as his predicted players. Was that just his guess, or do you think there's actual insight into front office thought into that? I did, I did see this. Um, I don't really get it, is I guess is, the, is my answer. I don't know why. I think this has been brought up a lot. Right. I feel like Brett's all, like once in a while, he'll be like, he'll just say something, and you're like, you shouldn't say that. Don't say why you say that. But I guess you know it gets to him after a certain amount of interview questions about how bad you are. Uh, eventually, he's going to be like, "Yeah, well, I fucking thought we were supposed to have this guy and this guy." Right. Um, 
Derek, I think, was refuting it, saying it was before the lottery. No, I think um, it was definitely before the lottery. But even so, even if it's before the lottery, the Stauskas thing is interesting, I think. Not, not so much the Wiggins thing. I, if, if I were to guess, I would say that it means that Hinky liked Wiggins, which doesn't really like surprise, I think, anyone. But I think the Stauskas, the Stauskas thing is a little, I think, surprising, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you're a person that wants to believe that the Sixers drafted Embiid and Saric so they could be bad this year, then that's what you're going to believe. So fine, right, go right. for it. Yep. But if, if you're, if where I'm at is they were the two best prospects available at each pick. And I think you could say the same for KJ McDaniels. Uh, then it's like, well, yeah. That's what they did. That's then he thought he didn't think Sarge was going to be there, and Stauskas, well, Stauskas was gone also, right? He went like eight, right? Did a Sacramento at eight, yeah. So maybe maybe, maybe he had Stauskas higher than Sarge. Maybe that's certainly possible. Yeah. Um, but uh, but he wasn't available, and uh, I don't know. I don't love Nick Stauskas as a as a pro, but. I mean, certainly would have provided – he'd be starting right now. That would be interesting. Uh, and Sarich won't be here for another however long. But uh, I don't know. Just like we we got, we got so much talent in the holster, I'm not worried about it still. Yeah, it's just sort of interesting, I guess. That's all. Yeah. I, more than anything. All right. From Ryan Jones, a, a very, on Twitter, a very regular listener of the Ricky. What happens for – actually, let's do these in the, the order that you think they happen. It's three things. A, actually, let's start from now on because he made one last night. A Bamute made three. A Noel 25-10 game. Or you go on tour with Maroon 5. In order of when they happen. Well, uh, I'm tweeting this from, or I'm doing this podcast from Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> we're, we're selling out the Opry. So, so right now, uh, that's one. <laughs> that has been answered already. Yeah, that's definitely answered. Um, I'll say, uh, I'll say Mbamute because he, he he was two for two from beyond last night. Yeah, he was all right last night. He made a couple of bad plays, but he is well. I don't. You know what's funny? He's Evan Turner's number. It's like it's like that's the number twelve. <laughs> twelve is the number that everyone's gonna hate. You know what I mean? They might as well just sign B.J. Mullins to put him in and give him number 12 next year. All right. Hey, BJ, Byron's got other things going on besides basketball spike. Right. You remember that quote? Oh, my yeah. God. Fuck him. Very good. All right. Um, from uh, Chuck on on Twitter, uh, C. Scrimalali NBA. Why are wrestlers soaking wet when they come into the ring? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's one for when I have Ange on again at some point. Any theories? They just get nice and lubed up beforehand. Yeah, nothing like a good lube. And then his going to be slippery as possible. His Sixers question is: uh, Do you think Roten's going to be the sixth man when he comes back? Let's say let's assume that Shved's healthy. Uh, let's say Roten comes back in ten days from now. Do you think Roten's the sixth man or he's starting two guard? Uh, um. I think he'll be sixth man. And you think who's starting at two? Um, by then, I would say KJ. 
You know what's interesting about KJ and two? I was thinking about this last night because I was watching him. He had a couple opportunities to try to get by someone, and his handle clearly isn't. He doesn't really have that in his arsenal. He can't, like, from the from the wing or whatever, he can't really dribble by anyone, is that he's either going to have to, I think if he's going to reach what we'd like him to be, he's either going to have to get stronger, you know, so he can be a real th- guy that can that consistently guards the three, I think, or he's going to have to learn how to dribble. Because I think what's going to happen is those threes were so easy for him because nobody thought he could shoot it. But now that people think he could shoot it, they're sort of daring him to get by him, and it's tougher for him to get those open looks. So if yeah. he's, he's going to be a real two eventually, he's going to have to learn how to dribble a little bit. And I think both things will happen. Yeah, I think so. Too. He's got a really good frame for, for adding strength. Yep. Uh, from John, from Chad, <laughs> Chad Lidge on Twitter, his name is, people's Twitter names versus the real names are always strange to me. Is there any chance that KJ, God, this, the fucking KJ McDaniels contract thing we're going to be talking about for six months. Is there any, yeah. uh, is there any chance, think about the focus of this question, I guess, so we avoid the, the KJ contract issue of it, that he sees a larger than expected offer sheet out of spite for... Uh, what the Sixers are doing to sort of annoy Hinky. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that, in, in some respects, I'm sure the NBA owners and GMs group is like a high school thing, but I don't think anyone will will sign him to an offer sheet. Because I think Hinky would be like, okay, you want to pay him $12 million a year? Sure, buddy, go for it. Like if, if say Mark Cuban does that, I don't think that someone's going to do that. Right. I think someone will I'm probably give him a hefty amount, but I don't think I don't think they're like, yeah, let's fucking sign KJ to fuck with Hinky. Uh, I think if they sign KJ, then they'll be like, well, hopefully this is enough to pry him from them, right? Because he's good. I could see people overpaying him, but maybe not overpaying him just to fuck with Hinky. Right, I, I got gotcha. you. From Michael Pfeffer on Twitter, <laughs> does Mike really like the Sixers, or is he just trying to uphold an L.A. hipster image? I just see him leaving when they get good. <laughs> uh, you would be a lot less fun if they were good. <laughs> absolutely. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. The, when the Sixers were—great question, first of all. Okay. Uh, when the Sixers were uh, like making the playoffs and limping in and limping out— uh, and I hated everything about them. That was so easy to hate because that was everything I hated. Now, they're horrible, but they're doing everything I want. So I'm, it's, it, like, I think people sort of forget the character. Pre-Hinky, I was like Super all anti-everything. Yeah. So uh, it's different. I mean, I think, I, think I, I think I adapted to this role nicely of loving everything they do. <laughs> uh, so maybe when they're good, I'll be able to handle it. I don't know. Tune in to find out when I'm a Jazz fan in six years. Yeah. <laughs> I think, what was I going to say about that, about you leaving when they're good? Um, oh, this is, this remind me of a Covington thing I wanted to bring up earlier. I, I think it was when they won the game, I read, I think, a bunch of things, but one of the things was uh, by Andrew Sharp that, your former roommate and Grantland writer, is that because Covington had 17 points and a bunch of people like being like, 
and even on WIP, Robert Covington had 17, whoever that is, and blah, blah, blah. And my initial reaction is, who doesn't know who Robert Covington is? And then when I, and then when I think about it, I'm like, he was the D-League rookie of the year. And I'm like, you know, the first pick in the D-League draft. And I think about it, it's like, <laughs> I am so warped. I have such an, a, a fucked up sense of NBA reality that I think that everyone should know who Robert Covington is. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that is it just shows how how strange this all is, I think. Anyway, yeah, it's not, oh, it's, it, I, I can speak for Sharp in that uh, he really doesn't know who those people are. Yeah. <laughs> like, I watched a lot of basketball with Sharp last year and there's, there's a lot of like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. A, lo- a lot of that. I'm like, come on. What are you talking about? <sighs> Uh, and I want to. I mentioned to start this uh, podcast war, but I'm a regular listener of NBA After Dark, the Grantland podcast with Juliet Lippman and Chris Ryan and Andrew Sharp. And Chris Ryan and Andrew Sharp, both in different ways, friends of friends of the podcast. But they were the last one. They were super fucking like really negative Sixers, like really negative, like really Haiti. And it was a little disappointing for me from Chris Ryan, who's a fan and I believe should at least understand some of this and have, like, I feel like if you write for Grantland, you should be able to enjoy an ironic sense of enjoying anything. Like, isn't that all they... Sharp does, for sure. Sharp does, for sure. But then he goes back and hates it. Yeah. Listen, man, we got into some yelling matches about all this last year. Like, some really good stuff. And eventually... Uh, my being from Philadelphia uh, just won out because I would not stop arguing until he agreed with me. Yeah. And he would just get bored and tired. But yeah, okay, yeah. No, yeah, I see that. And there's like, you're not listening anymore. He's like, no, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and now he doesn't have you to annoy him so he can go all out on hate if he really, wants yeah, to. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, and and uh, I don't know. I, I don't listen to podcasts. I say that as a person that has a podcast. I don't know when like a time would be for me to listen to it. It just seems right. weird. I don't know. I don't get it. But uh, well, he doesn't listen to this either, so it's fine. So we both just actively avoid each other. Uh, but he's coming out here next week, so I'm going to give him some shit for it. Well, and I think, you know, it's funny. For a long time, I was like, and I've had podcasts for a very long time. I was like, eh, I don't listen to podcasts. But now... Because I walk and run, so, right. like I'm, I'm walking two hours a day, and and music, like I don't, I, I get too clicky when I'm walking with music. Like I just skip songs so often. So oh, okay. And most pod- I thought you meant, I thought you meant like, like clicks as in like friend groups in high school. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was no. like, I was like, where's where this going? No, I don't even know why the word, why I use the word clicky. But what happens is that most podcasts are 45 minutes long or 50 minutes long. So they're the exact length of my walk. So I, you know, I just listen to a lot of them that way. And then on weekends, so whatever. So that's why I, I listen to the. I don't listen to a lot of them. I think there's probably three of them that I listen to, but it's enough to get me through a week most of the time when I don't, you know, when I don't need to listen to the station for one way or another. Uh, I'll, I'll just say this: mm-hmm. fuck Andrew Sharp. Fuck Andrew Sharp. Fuck all fuck of Andrew them. Sharp. That's, um, all, that's all I want to say. We're gonna skip Jeff P's question on KJ McDaniel's best possible, worst possible contract outcomes because I feel like we're just gonna have a million times to to bring that up. Um, From Young Pep Dash, uh, if a bunch of young guys turn out to, if if a bunch of their young guys turn out to be really good, will the Sixers be willing to pay the luxury tax to keep them? I don't have any idea. I would imagine if they... I think yes. I think the owners have proven that that they're willing to spend money or at least risk money 
um, for a long-term game. So if 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 that will if it comes to it, I think yes, absolutely. Yeah, and if they have, I think the only reason if you're a team to go into the tax is if you have a chance at a championship. Otherwise, yeah, not, you're just not now or next yeah. year, but eventually, yeah. You're just sort of like throwing money away. From another one from Bleeding Green Nations, Brandon Lee Gowton. Can you give the best quarterback in the NFL a shout a shout out? Hi there, Mark Sanchez. From um, from shoulder pads guy. Uh, our first question from a parody account: Do the Sixers need a super fan like shoulder pads, Sean Young? Um, I would say they already have one. In Big Daddy is probably the Sixers super fan, the fat guy. Uh, who takes his yeah, shirt off. Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. From Matt Kanoff, besides Saric, what overseas player is most likely to be on a Sixers championship team? Oh, that's well, interesting. We got, we got Aldemir coming over. Is he... He's There's paperwork. What's happening? Yeah, is there I, a visa involved? Yeah, I would imagine that's all that's happening. That's, some, there's, that's a question we'll skip later on. Why is the Aldemir thing taking longer than we think? It's not really taking that long. We just don't have anything else to pay attention to. So... <laughs> Right? I mean, he just got out of his contract with his other team like four days ago. I, I don't know. He has to get here, you know. I don't. I, I don't know what international basketball law requires in terms of uh, lead time and waivers and signing paperwork and the process. But if it's anything like immigration reform, it should take six to eight years. So, right. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. Well, then what's your, your answer? Besides, is it Aldemir or is it... I don't have any idea. I don't even know uh, how many guys they've I, I like uh, I like Mitchich a lot, mostly because Rich likes Mitchich. And uh, I like some of the stuff I saw from him. So that'd be fun, having like a, having like another like rangy, lanky, crafty... I think he's left-handed, too. Backup point guard. Uh, that would be awesome. So I think... I'm going to say Mitchich. From Liberty and Ricky Sanchez, also Ricky Sanchez. Yes, well. can you imagine? Can you imagine? Just can you It'll imagine happen. if they got It'll good happen. and he was on? The, he was their twelfth man. Can you imagine? I believe it. Oh my god! All right, from Liberty Ballers own Michael Bauman. This is a a definitely. I have my own answer, but this is definitely a Mike Levin type question. Which forgotten Sixers second rounder slash undrafted free agent from the past ten or fifteen years do you wish had stuck around or been good? Oh, uh, <clears throat> the answer is twofold. Well, a thousandfold. Okay. But uh, the from my past, the answers are Sam Clancy and Herbert Hill, for sure. I I thought both of those guys were going to be so good. I believe Herbert Hill was Nerland's Noel for me. Okay. Was, was, a, was a rim protecting. I was like, this is going to be it. Out of Providence, are you kidding? So that was it for me, but uh, those were disappointments. Uh, in terms of more recently, well, the Sixers, I think, you know, like the last five years before Hinky, it was like they just didn't want any second-round picks. They didn't want any picks. Picks were bad. Young guys suck, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to give a weird answer, and, and th- those are my real answers, but the, the, the wealth of second-round picks we have in the next four years, those, those are the ones that I, that I wish we had right now. Those are the guys. Those little <laughs> 16-year-old guys that we don't know who they are yet. Yeah. Little, little embryos, teenage embryos. 
those 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 are our second rounders. I can't wait for. The, my you, answer, got, you got one? Do you yeah, have one? Well, I have one and a half. I think I loved Matt Koshwal for some reason, and I really. I think we even bet on Matt Koshwal at some we point. Did, that, yeah, right, I, about I don't know why I liked him so much. I just really liked He was just a bruiser, and I loved him, and I was short. Like, I was, you know how sometimes you make a bet and you're just short, you know the answer? I was sure I was going to win that bet that he was going to be on the you team. Were? Yeah. And then the other, the other one isn't a second-round pick or an undrafted free agent, but I think on some level he sort of fits into the discussion, is that I always wanted Rodney Carney to actually be good. And I think he just, like what he was supposed to be fits into like 2014 NBA, you know what I mean? Like whether he, like he's a Trevor Ariza or something like that. And I just wanted Rodney Carney to be good. Even the, the first, uh, the first time and the second time we had him, I just, I know he was a first round, I think I'm 90% sure he's a first round pick, but I wanted Rodney Carney to be good. Yeah. I'll also say, uh, and this goes out to Tanner Steidel, who was running the uh, Liberty Ballers draft results, uh, he was basically posting the articles back in 2013. I will say Glenn Rice Jr. I will say Nate Walter. Oh yeah, the guys that we never and actually Ricky, And I will say Ricky Lito. Yes. Those he wrote three articles about those guys, and they were traded immediately. Uh, so hats off to Tanner for that. And Pierre Jackson, who I was yeah, helping. but he might still be here. So I'm not. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to jinx that. And then yeah. R- Rich Hoffman had a great question, and it regarded Byron Mullins 2008 prep rankings but um he, the bio is gone so I, i'm looking at it now and it would have been a good question but it's not there anymore so we'll have to we'll have to figure out if he screenshotted that or something um from eric uh Tregressor on twitter how do you manage the minutes slash positions of the sixers big man group if they draft okafer is sims automatically gone i just i think that's too speculative to i don't oh well yes the yeah. answer is yes sims is gone um, if that if they have a, it doesn't matter. Henry yeah. Sims is nice, but like, come on, there's nothing, there's not much there that you're like, we have to, we can't draft Okafor because Henry Sims. Yeah. Um, I think he's fine, and I think he's doing a fine job at least, uh, banging around with bigger guys so Nerlens Noel doesn't have to get hit so hard yet. Um, but I would listen if they get number one pick and Hinky thinks Okafor's the guy, then fucking yeah, man, let's see it. Let's let's see a, like a, a, a three-man front court. The Bulls do it. The Bulls have done it for years yeah. with Noah and Gibson and Boozer when he was not horrible. Yeah. And now uh, Maradich, it's like it can work. Like you play them, play them all thirty minutes a night. There well, you go. And now Gasol. T- did you say Gasol? Right, Gasol. Gasol. Yeah, too. Gasol. Uh, so a, a couple I of think I think it's doable. A couple of really Liberty Ballers. Uh, not Liberty Ballers. Writes to Ricky Sanchez. Good questions. Which current Sixers, two current Sixers, are most likely to be close friends 30 years from now? <laughs> um, God, that's a great question. Who asked that? Uh, that was from Max Gross. Um, uh, not counting me and Brandon Davies? <laughs> we'll just make that the answer. You're uh, not, you're not I, a well, Sixer. Say, You've never you know, been in MCW probably after they, when, when they're counting their championship rings. Right. Um, but... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go say, uh, Roden and Embiid. 
Ooh, I was going Embiid and Pappy Jack, but I like uh, Roten Embiid too. Even though yeah. Pappy Jack isn't even really officially a Sixer right now, or I don't right, think. Right, right, right. And another great one. From... Or, or wait, just like Alexi Shved and Jakar Sampson. Yes, that would be awesome too, that they were ever <laughs> current Sixers that we thought about. Another great one from Max. When MCW and Roten finally replace Vander Blue in Team WAP, is there a 90% chance Jakar Sampson gets the nod or a 100% chance? <laughs> <laughs> team WAP never dies. Uh, oh. well, wait, who would Team WAP be right now? It's Roten, yep. it's MCW, yeah. was it, was it? and I would say ja- Pierre Jackson. Yeah, but he's not even a sixer. He's a sixer-ish. I, it's and uh, who's the other one? Uh, Jakar, uh, Malcolm Lee. <laughs> this is so stupid. Yeah, Darius Johnson owed him for ten more days. It's definitely Jakar Sampson because yeah, he's he's right. going to be yeah. gone, and he's yeah, it, it has yeah. to be. It has to be a guy that won't be here. From Ethan, uh, you know what, Ethan? Why is Jason Richardson still here? I think we talked about that before, right? I mean, I was thinking about it. As I'm looking at the roster, because I always bring up the roster while we do the podcast just to make sure I don't forget anybody. Yeah. Uh, he's going to play oh, this year. You think he's going to play this year? Yep. We got we got notice on, in February. Or no, sorry. Two days ago, it said, there was a thing that said, like, hey, he's cleared for basketball activities, should be on the court by February. And it's like, he hasn't played in so long. Yep. Seeing him on the court would be like seeing a dinosaur. I'm sort of excited. I, I I have like this weird sort of Elton Brandy love for Jason Richardson. I, I don't. I, I just want to see him play a couple of games. That's all. I, he's not going to bother me being on the court. I'll tell you. He's old enough and seems nice enough that I'm I'm going to be fine with seeing Jason Richardson occasionally. Um, do you think from Marcus on Twitter? Do you think Pierre Jackson ends up playing any games with the Sixers? And I would say yes. Yes. When when do they think he's gonna be back? Do we have a timeline or no? Uh, it, that seemed pretty ugly. I would guess next year. I don't think he'll be back this year, right? I mean, yeah. it'll be next year at some point. From Jeff Nyberg of uh, City of Basketball Love and WIP, he asks, "How frustrating is it as someone who understands what the Sixers are trying to do to deal with detractors frequently?" And I'd say that the personally, the only person that bothers me is two people that bother me are Howard Eskin and Stephen A. Smith. Um, you. Um, I I would say that I don't generally deal with them. Yeah, is the answer. Um, it it bums me out when people in the basketball community don't get it. Not like the basketball community, like old timey basketball, like Ed Stefanski guys, but like basketball Twitter. Yeah, I get, out, like why does Matt like, Moore hate like, it so much? Like why does Matt Moore hate it? Like that's that's a weird one to me. Like I felt like that's he'd the kind get of stuff it. where I'm just like, guys, like you know what's going on. You've seen so many teams in the middle just sit in the middle. Why is why is this bad? Why is it? I mean, and and the also thing is the the bummer of like the same jokes getting made. I was actually pleasantly surprised that when the Sixers won the other night, maybe it was because I was on a first date having an allergic reaction, but I didn't see too much in the way of. Oh, Hinky's pissed that they lost, that they yeah. won. Like, I yeah. didn't see much of that. I thought we were going to. And yeah. Happened, you know what? That's an interesting fundamental misunderstanding that people, because a couple of people have mentioned that to me. They're like, but you want them to lose all the games. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, like, and I, I think those are the same people that don't understand that they're not, like, there's not one player 
This is not about getting one particular player. It's never been right. about getting one particular player. It was never about no. getting Wiggins. It was, you know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, I would agree with you mostly. It's just that those one person's my dad, and the other one for some reason I just I really can't stand him. Uh, I, I just avoid I avoid all that like a lot. Oh, and that fuck stick, uh, Andrew Sharp, Timothy <laughs> Buker on Twitter, um, and he's a regular listener. And I guess I let's. Uh, f- forgive the way he asked it because it sounds like somebody that doesn't understand it. And I'll sort of rephrase the question. The way he asked it: Are the Sixers have the Sixers gone a little too far in what they're doing? I.e., could they sign a few players while not sacrificing their goals? I guess it was something that we sort of talked about before. In that they have so few able-bodied players, it might make it harder to develop players. If if yeah. if you. If you had the choice, would you have a couple of more legitimate guys on the roster, or would you do, or would you do it this way? I think that with those kind of things, you have to look. You have to get more specific than sign a couple guys. Because if you're talking like, oh, just like guys who have played in the NBA before, like, do you want them to sign Kareem Rush? Like, he's played a lot of basketball. Like, he's old. Like, is that what you're looking for? I don't know that there's anyone right now that the Sixers could get and be like, he's not, he's adding value because like he can be looked upon as a veteran and he knows where he needs to be. So MCW and New Orleans are like, okay, cool. That guy's going to be there. Got it. I, I don't know that there's people that exist right now that, that, that could be those guys that are like, would actually do anything. So, so for me, it's like to, to what end, like what is the point of signing a guy who's older just because he's older? I think that's why Mbamute is here for, for, to some extent, I think Richardson is certainly helping that in you know the locker room and in practice or whatever, um, and I think I think that's what that's what he's trying to get out of Davies and Hollis is is like guys that just like put the work in and do the thing and are looked upon as a role model or at least as okay that's that's how it should be done whatever. Um, I don't know that if you like you want them to go out and sign like Nick Collison like is, is a Nick Collison guy that's going to do it like what. What would that do, really? You know, um, you know, I mostly agree with you. There are a couple of guys, I guess, that, but the deals were so short that I don't know if it's advantageous for them to... Like, Ed Davis signed for nothing. I've always sort of liked Ed Davis. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that would have been one that... Absolutely. You know, wouldn't have, wouldn't have bothered me, I don't so, think. Signing, signing guys with... That's a different thing. I, I, with, with potential, I think Ed Davis could be, like, a solid seventh guy on, like, an actual team. Um but you have to think like there's we this isn't the I don't want to say that uh, they they have to want to come here too. So there's a lot of guys that would be like fuck that I'm not going to go play in Philadelphia and lose 75 games. Right. So you can't just be like oh why didn't the Sixers sign Eric Bledsoe? Right. Right. Why right. didn't you know you can't just grab him? He's, he's he has a choice. Right. Uh, so I think. I think there's a lot of that. Um, and, you know, for the most part, you look at the guys on the team and it's like these are guys that want a shot. You know, these are guys that want a shot that, that, are, that are fighting for their basketball playing lives. And some of them are going to lose. Yeah, I mean, like, I think we're, we're at the point where it's like, all right, now, now we're seeing the, the 10-day carousel, like, start. I think it's going to be like people come in, people come out. And um, has Casper Ware done anything in – Brooklyn? Has he been playing? I don't know. I, that is one team that I don't pay attention to at all, like zero. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I think uh, 
would it help a little bit MCW to have those guys? Maybe, but I'd rather still roll the dice on seeing. Uh, like, I'd rather give Jeremy Grant more minutes and, and have, hoping he develops into a, a faddish player. Um, and I think I think it's gonna. I think that that will eventually help. I think I, I always in every sport in every respect of it the the idea of players mentoring other players i think has been bullshit yes almost always yeah um, i agree i think when it, i think mbamute is, is a separate case because him and Embiid were like he basically discovered Embiid, uh and joe and for joel especially for sitting a year out to have his guy there like that i'm sure that helps him and so i don't mind it as much um but like just having, say, Sam Downbear <clears throat> on this team, having Downbear on this team to help Noel, and like, oh yeah, he can like teach him how to block. What? I don't know. This doesn't do anything. He's Noel can learn from guys he plays against, and be like, oh, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Right. Or whatever. And you see, even on the court, you kind of see teaching moments from like veterans. I forget who I was watching, but someone was like, some veteran that the Sixers were playing was like talking to Noel or like. MCW or somebody and was like yeah yeah and like was basically pointing stuff out and it was like that's cool um, but in terms of like mentoring I think that's that's generally in every sport bullshit yeah I think it's more about I would I would say it's more about on the court just playing like making the yeah. making it easier to play than mentoring I agree with you mentoring bullshit um, let's we're at we're at like fifty minutes let's see uh, let's blow oh, I, I want to get to all these so let's just blow through them. Um, because these are sort of, there's some funny ones in here too. From Will O'Donnell, this is a great one. Approximately how many gals are we going to get when the Sixers are NBA champs in 19 and we say, you know, I watched every game of the 2014 season. And the answer (laughs) is a lot of gals, a lot of gals. Would you agree? A whole lot. Yeah. Um, I think actually by then the Sixers will have enough money to, to purchase from Croatia, everyone their own gal. <laughs> Every fan gets their own gal. I think that's how it's going to work. From Sixers1776 on Twitter, Kevin Durant scored 10 or fewer points for the first time since April 2009. 390 games last night. Is KJ McDaniels the defensive player of the year? I'm going to go with <laughs> no, but nice effort. Would he you didn't play well. 3 for 11. Yeah, he just he looks sort of he just uh, didn't look totally into it. I've always had this theory that LeBron mails it in in Philadelphia. I've never seen like a LeBron game in Philadelphia ever, and <clears throat> maybe but Durant has killed us actually the last few years I think in Philly. Yeah. So man, we did, we don't have time to talk about it really. But the if MCW is really getting in a trash talk war with Russell Westbrook. Uh, like I know Brett Brown said that there were s- some good things about it, but I wouldn't do that. <laughs> like that didn't seem to work out well for MCW. And no. and and honestly, the the thing that bothered me the most about it was I wonder what he said because Westbrook's sort of like dismissive um, comments about his talent in general afterwards I thought were sort of funny. You know, were a little discouraging to me. Like <laughs> he's pretty good for that team. <laughs> you know, I was like, whoa. Uh, uh, what realistic move from Peter Lyon? What realistic move would you like to see the Sixers make that would increase your enjoyment in watching the team this year? Um, signing Sheed, maybe. Oh. No, uh, that was a joke. Um, 
I just bring in everyone from the 2009 uh, Arkansas Razorbacks NIT team on 10-day contracts. That would be amusing, and it is sort of realistic, I think. Yeah, just bring them all in. Let's see, one at a time. Let's just get some SEC guys in here. Uh, no, I mean, I don't want they. Could they trade Mbamute at the deadline? Sure. Uh, would Jay Rich playing be funny? Yes. Um, but I, you know, he just plowed this year. Hope, hope to see some good things from Noel. Hope MCW starts to shoot better. Um, and eventually, like you know, we actually have a lineup of this season. MCW. Uh, you know, I think Roden's still best with the bench, but MCW, Hollis, KJ, Noel, Sims, or I mean even Jeremy Grant and Noel. I think that if, if you see that lineup and you're like, hey, these guys are good and they're not awful, then it's like, okay, then maybe, you know, maybe, you know, last season's draft being like, okay, we we got some actual players even down in the second round, even Jeremy Grant. And, you know, eventually if, uh, uh, what's his name from Australia? Oh, uh, Jordan McRae. Jordan McRae. When McRae, if McRae comes back and starts lighting it up, that'd be fun. That'd be a thing. That yeah, like that see. that'll be my thing. I'll just say I'd like to see Jordan McRae this year. That would be good. Cool. I would I would like cool. to see him beat this year too. That would be. I mean, I think that's. Oh really yeah. yeah, obviously. I, I, mean, I don't obviously, providing they're not rushing him. Yes. Yeah. Which would be, never happen. Uh, from Daniel on Twitter, I think we know the answer to this. Is Covington a keeper? <laughs> yeah. So, of course he is. <laughs> from, from Craig on Twitter, Derek answered this, but curious as to you, on you and Mike, and I think we'll have a similar answer. Top, list the top five Sixers assets as of this recording. Does that include draft picks? Yes. Uh, Noel? Embiid? We'll list them in order. I think that's I think that's the order. Noel over Embiid? Uh yes. Oh, okay. All right. Noel Embiid the first round pick this year. Mm-hmm. MCW. And then it's probably a tie between KJ and the Miami Heat first round pick. Over Sarch? I forgot about Sarge. Yeah. Uh, I put I put Sarge. I probably t- I probably tie Sarge there just because. I mean, in terms of, well, I think assets. I think trade assets. I right. think what is the most appealing. So I don't think anyone in the same way. That's why I put Embiid over Noel is because or Noel over Embiid because at least he's playing and Embiid has more injury risk. Um, so Sarge being so far away, I would put him with with KJ and, and that twentieth pick then at least public like in terms of assets around the league. I would go Embiid, Noel, next year's first round pick, then probably Sarge and KJ and some. I wouldn't have MCW in my top five. I don't think anybody. Actually, somebody asked before what his trade value is, and I just don't think it's very much. So that would be. But that's yeah, it doesn't. It, it doesn't make sense to trade him now. For no, sure. No. From that's why it also doesn't make sense to trade KJ now because unless you really don't think he's going to sign here, then it's like okay, I guess, but. Uh, no one's going to give you his proper value in return for half a season of KJ and the rights to uh, give him a contract as a restricted free agent. If you could keep only one right now, and let's say it's at the same salary, this is from Jeffrey Wool, uh, KJ or MCW? Uh, so 
throwing contracts aside? Is that basically? Yeah, let's say they're both making seven million dollars. So, basically, which player do I think will have the better career? Which player do I want to keep more? Yeah, who would you rather have? Um, MCW. I go KJ. Um, yeah, and you hate you hate both guys. Yeah, I, I, yeah, they're, they're, they're my least favorite people in the world. From, <laughs> all right, let's make these all. All these answers will both answer in twenty seconds or less each one. From PJ on Twitter, he has three in a row. Um, I'll just shorten this question: Is it worth offering the max to Jimmy Butler? I would say worth offering it, but they're not getting Jimmy Butler. That would be my guess. You? I don't know that I would max Jimmy Butler. Okay. Uh, if this year, if this season is the year of the Ricky, what are we going to call next season? My answer is year of the Ricky. Yours? I agree. Wasn't last year the year of the Ricky also? It's always year of the Ricky. <laughs> uh, who should who should direct the film adaptation of the this Sixers season? Obviously titled "Together We Build the Sam Hinkie Story." I would say, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Tony Tony Scott didn't he did um, hold on. he's well he's very dead which is rough it's very he, he, I'm sorry what he's dead he killed himself a year ago oh that's right but I'd still want him you okay great well I guess it is fictional well I think there's a darker version of that would be directed by Michael Mann like <laughs> yep. the older people want that directed and then a lighter version um, you know let's let's like Let's just let's give it to Mel Brooks. I think I think Mel Brooks is mega fixers a fixers parody right now. Um, you know what would actually be good would be um, wait hold on it it well it just would fit would be Fincher doing it in the same style he did Social Network. I think yeah. I think you could yeah. do a Social Network Scott. All right, you could be. I mean, you could do Moneyball if you know if Bennett Miller wants to do the Sixers as Moneyball. That's, that'd be fine. From Jay on Twitter, um, kill. Uh, Mary screw kill uh KJ Noel Roten um I would kill KJ I would screw <laughs> Noel I would marry Tony Roten you Yeah you would you have you have the answer to that question I'll let it go Yeah okay from John on Twitter you can do this pretend I know nothing about Furkan Aldemir because I don't <laughs> give me a scouting report just give him a player comp uh I think Zaza Bachulia. Yeah, I don't. I was trying not to do a foreign guy with a foreign guy. Yeah. Um, maybe like a like a like a less athletic Drew Gooden. Okay. More inside. With uh, from Rob with Covington's minutes going up and Davies plummeting, will Brandon survive the season? I would yes. say yes. Yeah. Absolutely. From you couldn't try <laughs> him off the Sixers. From Mike on Twitter, Skittles or Starburst? I say Starburst, no question. Starburst, no question. I almost broke up with my ex girlfriend because of this question. I swear to God, <laughs> it was huge. She got very upset. Don't that I leave it at that. Her. Leave it at that. Yeah. From Chris, is it time to hit the panic button on the lack of improvement on MCW shot? If not, then when? I don't panic about anything like this unless Nerlens tears his ACL. Uh, but I would say, um, not. I wouldn't panic, but I'd, I wish he was shooting a little better. Yeah, I'd give him till February before we're like, okay, he can't shoot, kind of thing. But you know, people get still get better. 
you know, Iguodala got a lot better over his career, but MCW needs to be better at more things if his shot's going to be this bad. From Sohill of Liberty Ballers, most overrated. Sohill. Sohill. Uh, most overrated holiday slash Christmas movie, I would say uh, Christmas Vacation is Ooh. good but overrated. Most overrated, we're saying. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what's most overrated, but I, I watched Four Christmases because someone said it was good and it wasn't at all. So that's that. What is the uh, was the was the worst play of the season? MCW's ref pass or that weird underhand backboard toss last night? And I would say the weird underhand backboard toss that was terrible. I think it was supposed to be an alley oop to Nerlens, but it was uh, it was fucking it was bad. There's been a there's been a lot of just like slap happy ball dribble off your leg plays. And like it felt like one, I forget when, but it felt like at one point it was like three series in a row that that happened, mostly with Henry Sims. But I would say that the the worst play that we've this season is one we haven't seen yet. Oh, I like that. That's a good answer. All right, last three questions um, from Spencer on Twitter. How drunk? What? What's that? What? No. From how drunk do you think Josh Harris is when he goes to the games? At least seventeen shots of Patron, right? And yeah, he's, uh, he's done. Yeah, he's really drunk. Um, I don't know this for a fact. I'm just guessing. Eric from Twitter. Any concerns? Oh, this is a bad question. Any concerns about Noel's effort, despite his athleticism? I don't see him getting up and down the court, rebounding, etc. I don't think. I don't see any effort problem at all from New Orleans. I, I saw he didn't seem to have the wind that he needed earlier in the season, but I don't see an effort problem there. Do you? No, I don't think he's – no. I think he's getting into basketball shape still. He didn't play for so fucking long. Yeah. And it's been like 19 games, so he's he's almost there. And you can see it in the past couple weeks that it's been better. But, uh, but yeah, he'll, he'll within like two months, he'll be flying up and down the court like he was at Kentucky. And finally, from 1776ers, better comparison, point Jakar to Magic or KJ McDaniels to Dominique Wilkins? And I would say Jakar to Magic. You? <laughs> of course you would. Yeah. Um, God, KJ looked so good in those blocks the other night. Yeah. He hung in the he, air for so long. He hung for so long, and, and you just watch him, and you're just like, he knows he's blocking the shot. He's, 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 like, waiting. He's slowing down so he can block the shot. And uh, he's got really good timing on that. And I think, uh, I think that timing will carry over to his other aspects of his game eventually. And he's going to be a good one. Let's do a quick jigsaw because we haven't done one in so long. I was going to say. All right. You ready? Yeah, buddy. I want to play again. Uh, yes. I want to play again. You dug. All right, I want here to play again. All right. I, w- I was really happy with this one, but it led me to believe that I've maybe asked you it before, so I hope I didn't. All right, you ready? Yes, sir. All right. For the next five years... You have to do one of two things. You're either only permitted to sleep three hours per night, or you must stay in bed for 13 hours per day. 
you haven't asked me this. Okay, good. Before. Um, I don't sleep much as it is. So three hours a night while it's less is not unheard of. Staying in bed 13 hours a day. I mean, can I do stuff in bed? Like, yeah. Can I have my computer? Like, okay. Um, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't make you sleep in bed. You know what I mean? Like, okay. so. well, I meant like, I meant like, uh, like, can I? Like, I can have my computer and I can do be doing work in bed. Yeah, but you have to be in bed. You know, covers on. You know, but yes, you can use your computer and whatnot. Yeah. Then I'll say I'll say the I'll say the thirteen hours a day in bed. Yeah, I, I just think three hours a night. Like, I'll get four hours, like, three times in a row in a week or something like that. Yeah. But three hours a night for five years, would I think, would ruin your life. And 13 hours in bed would be uncomfortable, but would be really cozy sometimes, you know? Yeah, really cozy sometimes. Yeah. All right. That was a super long, Ricky, and I think it sounded much, much better. So, um, Sixers going to beat the Pistons? What do you think? I think so. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, yes, sir. That's about all I got. Um, All right, man. Have a good weekend. You too, bud. See you. Like I said, hold your head, son, and don't take a second. Check it out.